Let's go to Joshua 24 and 13. Joshua 24 and 13. And thank you to musicians. Good to see you with David on the drums helping us out. Brand new drummer helping us out. Appreciate us having It's good to have a lot of help. New people joining in our teams. But we want to go to Joshua 24 and 13. And I just hope tonight that I can encourage you. Uh, a few things I want to do tonight before we leave. I want to pray over you financially. Because I know that gas prices in a crazy world. I know it's a crazy time. And I, I want to pray over you for God's provision. For everything that we're dealing with as a country right now. And I want to make sure that we as God's people are safe. And that's something that is very important. I don't ever want it to be said that you can't afford to go to church or you can't afford to give to the kingdom of God. And so I want to make sure that God is blessing us. And I do want to pray for you because it is a tight time for people. Uh, it's a very tough time. And so I, I want God to bless us. So I do want to do that tonight. And I hope to encourage you tonight because we are living in crazy times. We're living in very difficult times. And I know that some of you may be feeling lonely. In fact, if you do a survey, you'll find out there's a lot of people who are not married. There's people who are miserable in their marriages. There's people who live in difficult situations. They don't have the jobs they enjoy. And we're living in a very tough time. And thankfully, as Christians, you and I have the answer to that. Uh, nobody that's a real Christian that has the Holy Ghost should ever have an issue in this world system because we have hope and we have power above this world. And so tonight, I hope to encourage you and remind you of the God that wants to work inside of us when everything on the outside of us is trying to attack us. I want to remind us all tonight that we have this great power in the Holy Ghost that when everything surrounding us seems to be not there for us, we still have hope and we're going to be okay. And so Joshua 24, 13, the word of God says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them, you eat of the vineyards and the olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to, do to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites and whose land that you're now dwelling in and surrounded by. But as for me and my house, even surrounded by the Amorites and the ungodly people, we're going to still serve God. Even in a crazy, crazy environment, uh, we've made our mind up. We're going to do what's right even if nobody else does what's right. And this is the spirit and the attitude of conquerors who come out of Egypt, come out of the world and overcome. This is the spirit of people that have the Holy Ghost, that have overcome this world. That we can dwell among people that are nothing like us. We can live in a world that's nothing like us. And we cannot give in to the pressure of our society in our day. And that is the spirit that we need to have if we're going to make it in the last days. And I want to remind you today that is the spirit that we will have and that we have in Jesus' name. And everybody say in Jesus' name. And God bless you. You can be seated. Once again, if you're a guest tonight, thank you for coming out tonight. I hope that you're going to be blessed in Jesus' name. So let's get right into it tonight. Joshua is the leader of Israel. He's older now. He's uh, running out of time. He's getting old. Uh, he's on the edge of becoming uh, close to death. And he has to get a good, big, powerful speech out. Because as leadership goes away, it can be scary that the people may not make it or survive if they don't have good leadership. And so Joshua realizes that if he does not help encourage or light the fire of the people of God, that in his absence, the people may go back to their old lifestyles. Uh, some would call it the church preacher religion. I know that when I was assistant pastor in Dallas and they found out the pastor wasn't there, people wouldn't go to church. It's that same fear that Joshua has that if he does not get people to pray and get right with God, that when he soon is gone, the people will turn back to their old wicked ways. So he is preaching and he is speaking this message of, it doesn't matter what you guys do, I'm making my mind up what I'm going to do. Hoping to put that spirit into the people. That if Joshua's never around again in the future, he knows even at death that these people will serve God. 
Even without a dynamic preacher and a dynamic leader, he knows they'll have a heart for God. And they'll continue to serve God in his absence. That is the desire of Joshua, to put that spirit into these people who are now dwelling among a bunch of worldly people. So he successfully led the people of God through the promised land, taking dominion one city at a time, until the region was conquered and the land was claimed as God had promised. Whereas they had worshipped all these years collectively as these 12 tribes, they are now about to split off into their own lands, inhabited by a culture who have been known to worship false gods. So it's a new season for God's people because they were used to having everyone together. And it's, it's easier to serve God when you're all together. It's easier when you live at the church and you're always around places like pianos and pews and, 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 and places where there's the Holy Ghost moves and all those things. It's easier when you're surrounded by church folks. But when you get out there in those neighborhoods and those schools and those jobs and, and you look around and nobody seems to serve God, it's easy to let your guard down. It's easy to be, to be the other guy, the old guy, the sitting guy. It's easy to go back because you're not surrounded by the pressure of all the other tribes telling you how to live. And so this is new for them. And now they're surrounded by people who've been known to worship false gods. Just like you and I today. We live and work in a society where everything around us is telling us, don't do it God's way. Don't serve God. Go back to your old ways. And we find ourselves more than not outnumbered by this world. We find ourselves alone many days, many nights, without anybody to help us through the temptation and the, and the power of this world that comes against us. It's because of this that's happening. Joshua stands up one last time and he warns them about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He reminds them of their history, of their pedigree. He reminds them of their deliverance from Egypt. He reminds them of how they were, they were handed this promised land by the goodness and the grace of their God. He reminded them that this land will be full of idolatry and pagan cultures and complete wickedness. And then he requires them to make up their mind. Because you've got to have a made up mind if you're going to do this. He says just go ahead and choose today, right now, who you will serve. It's either going to be the God that has proven to be faithful all the way back to Abraham, your forefather. Or the gods of the culture. Or the fake gods of the people around your neighborhood. You've got to make your mind up. It's either going to be one or the other. And perhaps the most epic last words from a leader ever spoken in the Bible. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. What a powerful moment here in Scripture. What a motivating moment. What a motivating idea that Joshua just declared that if nobody else in the tribes of Israel served the Lord, he would be the last family on the earth still bowing his knee to Jehovah God. That it didn't matter if anybody else came to church on Wednesdays. He'd be there. He'd be right with God. He'd be faithful to God. No matter what anybody else does in our social circles, I'm going to be right and live right. I'm going to do right by God. It doesn't matter what else happens in the tribes. It doesn't matter what else happens among the 12 tribes. This family is going to serve God. And this was a moment of inspiration. Because that kind of a spirit, it pumps people up. It gets people ready to fight. It gets people going, you know what? If Joshua's going to be like that, I'm going to be like that too. If he's going to live like that, I'm going to live like that. If he can do it all by himself, then I can do it all by myself. If he's willing to lose everything to serve God, then I'm willing to lose everything to serve God. Joshua understood that there will be times in this life where you may have to worship God, serve God, bow down to God all by yourself and not your brothers and your sisters there to support you. Now notice that he wasn't preaching to the world. He was preaching to his own people. He said, you've got to pick for you. He wasn't telling the world he was going to serve God. He was telling his own church folks he was going to serve God. He told his old brothers and sisters that no matter what you do, I'm going to stay right with God. He wasn't afraid of his own brothers and his sisters. We, we talk big to the world acting like we're going to live this and do this, but you've got to tell your brothers and sisters what you're going to do. You know why? We need people to step up in the last days and not just preach to the world, but to preach to each other. I'm going to live right no matter what you do. 
I, I know you got your hair and you got your pants on, you look like you're holy and all that, but I'm going to live right when you quit living right. I'm going to live right if you backslide and you quit. If you don't give, I'm going to give. If you don't show the work days, I'll be there. You're not going to talk me out of this. You know who has more power than the Amorites and Israelites? And nobody can mess you up like your brothers and your sisters. And that's why he told them, he said, no matter what y'all choose to do, you're not bringing me out. No matter what this tribe does, what this nation does, I'm going to be right. And you're going to make your mind up that if nobody else in your inner circle, nobody else in your family that says they serve God does right, you still do right. No matter what anybody else does. I don't follow the people in my tribe. I don't follow anybody in the church. I follow God. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. I'm going to be right with God. He warned him and said, you might wake up one day and be completely surrounded by evil, so just get ready. That your family has left God, maybe, and you still want to serve God, but it's harder now. Jacob wrestled the angel all night long, all alone. Joseph, watch this, Joseph resisted adultery all alone. But David fought Goliath all alone. Even Jesus faced the cross all alone. This is part of living for God. There are times when you've got to do it all alone and nobody else is with you. Uh, enough of this. If I just have this, I'd make it. That's not, that's not true. If I just had my wife or my spouse, if my kids would just, if I just had this in my life, then I'd be devoted. No, forget all that. Make your mind up. You never had that. If you never had that, I would be right with God. Don't have to prepare today for losing all that. You've got to make your mind up right now if you lost your job, lost your money, lost your house, lost your spouse, lost everything. You're going to make your mind up right now. If the worst happened, I'd still be in church. I'd still be faithful. I'd still be right. You've got to have a prophecy about your future that declares no matter how bad things get, I'm going to still be faithful to God. You see, as, as powerful as teamwork and collective worship can be, and we love it, there will be times that we will not have our cheerleaders with us. We will not have a friend beside us. We won't have a time to get a hold of a pastor to ask for prayer. There will be times it will just be you without the church, without the spiritual atmosphere that we feel tonight, without all the fuzzy feelings that you feel. By the way, there is nowhere in Scripture where it says what it feels like to have the Holy Ghost. People are like, well, I have it because I feel good. Yeah, you can get good feelings without the Holy Ghost. You never measure whether you're faithful off of feelings. You never measure the, the, the goodness of God of how you feel. You never measure the presence of God of how you feel. You don't measure that. You measure it by your faith. Your faith is how you know you're right with God, not your feelings. If you have faith and if you're obedient, then just assured you're right with God. It doesn't matter how you feel. You can feel like there's nobody there. You can feel like nobody's on your side. But he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He said, the Bible tells us he's a friend that's, that's closer than a brother. We know that he will never leave us. Yeah. So it's going to be times it's going to happen. We won't have all this most of your day. We don't have all this. I want to go even further, though. If you are the only Bible believer at your job, then you work every day alone with no support systems. Every single day, you spend most of your day surrounded by people who are not supportive of your faith. Yeah. This is the real world that we live in. And that is the way it works. I know I'm up here at the church working with with spiritual folks. I know that it's hard for me to relate, but I, I've worked in the secular world. So we all know that. Come to my testimony. I'll tell you the, the work that I've done. I'll tell you that I've cleaned carpets and gotten urine out of carpet for years. I'll tell you all the stuff I've done. But I understand that I work up here, but I also want you to know my heart goes out to you because you, every day you're surrounded by devils and demons and issues. I know what you have to put up with. I know you're, you're fighting those battles. I know that you're going through that stuff. And you're all alone every single day. The majority of you are by yourself on the job, and you've got to make it, church family. You've got to make it, brothers and sisters. You've got to be bigger and greater and rise above all of that. You cannot let this culture destroy you just because you're all alone. You might be the only Christian 
in your entire family and your entire home. But you are not alone. You are not alone if you can learn to walk with Jesus. You might feel like there's nobody on your side and nobody you can talk to. It might feel really lonely, but, but listen to me. You've got to conquer that spirit. You've got to make your mind up. I might be all by myself, but I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to have my prayer closet. I'm still going to do what's right. No matter what I have in my life or I don't have, I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. There are times when your own spouse is not even right. And you've got to serve God all up in front of their face. You've got to dance around them and the Holy Ghost. You've got to pray when they are mad at you for praying. You've got to live right when your spouse don't want to live right. You never let your spouse take you to hell. If they don't want to go to church, you go without them. That's old-fashioned preaching right there. Don't call me a young preacher. I still preach some of the old messages, but I don't always get people clapping when I preach the old messages. You better clap when I preach the old message so I don't stay a young preacher. Yeah. The old, the old ones, the, the women would go to church even when their husband didn't. And the husbands go to church even when their wives don't. And we've got several men in our church. They say, I'm going to church even if my wife doesn't go to church. We've got both at this church. You've got to make your mind up. If you're not serving God, I'll be the only one in the family then. But I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to serve God. You never let your family take you to hell. Ever. I like how Joshua said, as for me and my house, because he was in charge of his house only. He couldn't speak for his brother's house down the road. He could only speak for his house. I like how he said, if my brother down the road and his house don't want to live this, as for me and my wife and my kids, we will serve this. As long as you're under my roof, you're going to do it my way. That's also some old-fashioned teaching right there. Somebody say house. Do you pay the bills? Yeah. Do you help pay the bills? That's your house. You serve God in that house. That's a godly place. It's going to be godly filled with godly entertainment. It's going to be filled with godly music, godly worship. That's a godly place. This is my house. I can't control the world, but in my house, in my family, in this territory, we're going to serve the Lord. If I've got anything to do with it as a mom or a dad, as a parent, as a husband, we are going to serve the Lord no matter what you do. Man, you're not being mean whenever you tell them we've got to be spiritual. You're not being, thank you, sis. You're, you're not going to do that. That's not me. The world wants to tell us that's abusive. No, it's not. Just because you have daddy problems don't mean you can't be the leader of your home. And, and most women had daddy problems, let's be honest. Most women had daddy problems. And that's why the marriages don't work, and that's why men are scared to talk to their wives. Yeah? Yeah. But this generation of men has to step up, and they've got to be godly men. And they want to be, be honest and be loving at the same time. To lead and love at the same time. Yeah. There's going to be times you're going to step up and say, but as for this house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, anybody can, can ride the boat that everybody's riding on. But if you had to, could you paddle your own kayak upstream? As the parade of boats move in the opposite direction. Because that's what it's like to be a Christian in 2022. You might as well just make your mind up right now that you are not going to have a support system. You are not going to have the world on your side. You're not going to have all the people that you want to have. Make your mind up right now that I'm not going to get it because the world is on its way to hell very quickly. But I will have God. I will have devotion with Him. I will have a walk with Jesus. I will do that. I may not have everything else, but I made my mind up. I'm going to serve the Lord. When Jesus prayed for His followers, He said in John 17, 14, I've given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. I do not pray for you to take them out of the world, but for you to keep them from the evil that's in the world. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We can't leave this place yet. Y'all, I know some of y'all want to. It's not time yet. We can't leave, y'all. We are stuck here. Surrounded by craziness and darkness and pain and hurt and abuse, we are stuck here. And we've got to make our minds up that while we're stuck here, we will still serve God. No matter how bad it gets, no matter what happens in the world, we are going to make our minds up. We will be devoted to God. Amen. 
his people, can you stay an Israelite, a people of God, in the middle of the Amorites? Because we're so used to being holy around the holy. That's why you never measure your holiness off your church services. That's what, that's what a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people over the years, is people come to church and they look like they're faithful to church, but they're only really spiritual at church. Because it's easier to be spiritual when you're surrounded by everybody saying, let's be spiritual. It's easy for you to live this Christian life surrounded by everybody. It's easy for you to dress like a woman surrounded by people who dress like a woman. It's tough at the beach to dress like a woman when you're surrounded by everybody else that's not. It's tough to live this and not laugh at the jokes. It's tough to live this when you're surrounded by evil every single day. Yeah. The question here, can we stay holy in the middle of the world? Or will we be held hostage by the atmosphere surrounding us every day and seemingly creeping in even tighter as we speak? Will you bow to the music of the false gods or will you stand and face the potential punishment that could come with it? Will you dress the way the world says to dress? Or read your Bible and ask what God wants you to do with your life? You've got to make your mind up and I'm going to do it God's way and that's all there is to it. I'm done talking about it. I've made my mind up. I'm going to serve God no matter what happens in this world. Yeah. I know it's cool these days because people say my church has liberty and my church has freedom. Everybody who's Christian says I'm so free, I'm so free. But, but how free are you when you're pressured to dress like everybody else and be like everybody else? How free are you when you can't do what the Bible says without getting uh, accused of something or feeling like an outcast? You should never ever go to a church and quote scripture to your brothers and sisters and they, they're confused that you're living a certain way that's biblical. There are many people that couldn't go to their churches and quote scriptures and say, I do this, I don't do this, I do this, because the Bible says so. They would feel like an outcast in their own church. Right. Now, there's many churches that you could go talk in tongues and probably, they'd probably kick you out. And you could quote scripture. It's amazing how the pressure is even in the church. There is pressure in churches to not be biblical, to not go by the word of God. There are people that call themselves pastors and preachers that tell you, don't go by the scriptures because it's old-fashioned, it's outdated, it's old culture. It has nothing to do with today. We have got to learn no matter what's happening. We've got to learn that we can't go with the flow. We can't go with the flow and the pressure of our day. How free are you when you're, you're pressured to dress like everybody, be like everybody, watch what they watch, do what they do, talk like them, go where they all go? You're not free. You're bound. You're only free when you swim upstream. You're only free when you don't do it and everybody else does. You're only free when you're the only one that says, I don't do that. You're only free when you can be happy and not have anybody agree with your lifestyle. That's the definition of freedom. Freedom to live in this world and not care what anybody thinks. Never thinking about it. Who cares what you think? I'm going to serve God. Thank you, Lord. Shouldn't, shouldn't liberty and freedom look the opposite of those who are bound? Doesn't it make common sense that if people are bound all around us, we would not live or act like them at all? Go meet people who are messed up. Find out how they live and what they do. Find out how they dress. Find out what they do. Find out what they watch. And do the opposite. That's what a free person does. That's what a free person does. A free person doesn't go with the flow. A free person can live just like this without any help, without all the pressure coming against us. Because we're truly free. If you're free, stop asking what others think about you and use the word of God. If you're truly free, who cares what they say about you or threaten you with, use the word of God. Don't worry about being embarrassed. Use the word of God. Be free today. Be willing to do it God's way when it's not popular in your social circle. Be willing to be the only one obeying a scripture that none of your family or friends can care less about. Be, be free yes. to obey the word of God surrounded by the naysayers who say, I don't care. You've got to make your mind up. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Freedom is not the church you go to. It's not a cross you wear around your neck or hang in the rearview mirror of your car. Freedom does not bow to peer pressure. True freedom doesn't give in to the social pressure. 
True freedom says, I'm going to live this way no matter what anybody else does. And the reason why, here's some practical reasons why we don't, why we don't stay free and we give in. Because people, people are scared of losing their name if they cover up their body. Women are scared of losing their, their boyfriends. You're scared of not having attention now from men. You see what it is? It's peer pressure. God wants you to find the right man, but, but you keep dressing like that, attracting the wrong man. And, and God's saying, I want to do what's best for you. And I want you to live for me because it's best for you. But you live the way the world says because you're trying to get the eyes of the world on you. And that's why we don't do this. Scared of losing our job if we're honest. We're scared of losing money. And well, if I'm honest, if I tell them that I can't, I, I have to go to church, I can't miss. For, I can't, sorry boss, I can't miss church. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, you'll be fired. You'll be fired. See how, see how we're not free? We're not free to live for God. We're not free. We're afraid. We're afraid, y'all. Oh, man, how the world has made us scared of money. The world has made us so afraid, the inflation and the fear and all that. That's why I told you we'll pray for you. But we were so afraid to be honest at our jobs and say, God is first. Because we know that we might lose our jobs. Hey, Bill, dude, we can't fight for our job. If you can't give up your job, how could you give up your life? I'm kind of worried about the last day, church. If we can't give up our jobs, how can we give up our life? The first church, they died for Jesus. They gave their life. And when I get up here and I'm like, let's don't miss, let's don't miss service, let's go to church, let's don't work. Instead of, when I do that, it's almost like I'm fighting 10,000 devils. But then what if I said, let's die for him? Oh, I can't even go there. Because if we can't give up our job for Jesus, then how can we give our life? You see, the reason why I talk about not missing church for your job is not even about that. It's about me trying to see where you are in your faith. Because if you can't do step one, you sure can't do step five. And the reason why I'm challenging you on that is because I know that we're going into a season where we're about to have to be asked for much more than your job. Aren't you glad about starting with life? That'd be frustrating, wouldn't it? Aren't you glad about you're going now? Who's ready to die? I'm not starting with your life. Because you're not ready for your life. I'm starting with something that you can do. But here's the thing. We're not free if the boss comes and says, if you aren't here on Sundays and Wednesday nights, you're fired. You're not free. You're bound. Good. Yeah. You've got to get to a place where you say, God, I would give up anything to put you first. I refuse to let the world control me. I refuse to let the world tell me what I am. happened to being scared of what God thinks about us? What happened to be afraid of what God thinks about us? That to me is more serious and more scary than money that I might not give. That is more scary to me than a man that you might not get dating you or a woman. What about that old-fashioned gospel that Jesus sees everything we're doing? What about that old-fashioned gospel that said we would do anything for him? Yeah. What about the old-fashioned message of the elders who said, I'd walk five miles in the snow to get to church? That's where we started. That's why there were miracle signs and wonders back in those days. Because there's a connection to the commitment level and all the manifestations of the Spirit. You've got to first have the commitment level to get back to those days. You can't resurrect the miraculous without the commitment. People are like, Pastor, what's wrong with our generation? That's what's wrong with our generation. Our generation wants to have less, not more. Less giving, less church, less all of it. And yet we're sitting here complaining like, God, where are the miracles of the old-fashioned I'm like, where are the revivals of the old-fashioned? Where are the prayer warriors of the old-fashioned? Where are the commitments of the old-fashioned? Where are the people that say, you can go ahead and take it all. Take this world, but give me Jesus. That's the spirit that's going to come back into our hearts in the last days. You're not as free as you think if you're, if you're ashamed and fitting in with your co-workers, pop your opinion, laughing at the jokes. Yeah. See, we can't tell the world. 
but can't tell the world we're sold out one minute and consider the price that they're willing to pay the next and be lured into that. So I say tonight, let's don't bow in Jesus' name. Let's don't give in to that spirit. Don't fear what man can do, but stand up against this evil day we're living in and say, we're not going to budge. We're not going to budge. You can't, we're not for sale. We're not for sale, world. We're going to live right no matter what happens. We're going to live right. A few more notes on this part. You're only a slave to your surroundings when you're a slave to your surroundings when you only praise if somebody else besides you is praising in church. You're a slave to your surroundings. Yeah. See, what we do is we say, but pastor, I praise God. The question is, can you do it when nobody else is praising you? Oh. Pastor, I, I do shout. You shout when we shout. Yeah. But do you shout when you're by yourself? Yeah. Or are you ever the first to shout? Or are you always the tenth? Slave to our surroundings. We do it because of peer pressure. Kind of like young people are notorious for it. They're super spiritual during summer when they go to four different youth camps. Right? They're super spiritual. Get them back into football when school starts and they lost their minds all of a sudden. Isn't it funny how that young person can be so spiritual when they're around spiritual stuff and so carnal when they're around carnal stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So is he really, are, are the young people really spiritual? No. No. They're catering to their environments. They're immature. They don't have the backbone to say, I'm going to do this no matter what it costs me. So, so you're a slave to your surroundings when you only pray if someone else prays. It's never your idea to pray. It's only pushed by somebody else. If you only talk in tongues and someone else is talking in tongues around you, you're scared to do it, you're embarrassed. You only wear it if somebody else wears it. There are people that dress a certain way when they come to our church. They dress like the world when they're not in church. Okay, don't be fooled by that. What's happening is you're doing it trying to fit in our crowd here. But it's not in your heart. You're actually trying to fit in so much that you fit in when you're here, you fit in when you're there. And that means that you're not free. It means you're a slave. You're a slave. You go because somebody else goes, it means you're a slave. But I, my prayer tonight is that God will deliver us from environmental convictions. There, there are people that don't believe in beards because they run with people who don't believe in beards. I'm not Pentecostals. It, it depends on where who you hang with, right? You run with a certain group of preachers and they believe it's a sin to grow a beard out. Yeah. It's, it's, called, it's called environmental convictions. No Bible, just environment. At our church, we believe this and we all talk about it so much it creates a conviction. Even though there's no Bible. Isn't it funny how you can have a power over people just by having a mob mentality? Well, that's what we do here. It's what we do here. It's called an environmental conviction, and it doesn't last. I, I, I know a preacher that was starting a church in Georgia. He's pretty well known. He was preaching at youth rally for us back in Dallas years ago, and he was starting a brand new church. He told me a story I never will forget. He said, uh, God is good. A lot of new people are coming to church. A lot of non-Christians are coming in. He said he had a woman come, and she was straight from the world. I mean, she dressed like everybody in the world. She didn't know nothing about it. He noticed after a couple services, she immediately began to change completely what she looked like and try to copy everybody else in the church. He met with her and said, why are you changing from what you used to wear to matching all of our women in church? She said, I just wanted to fit in with the church. He said, go home and change. He said, you don't change your life for peer pressure. You change it for Jesus. He said, if you change it for peer pressure, it will never be really in your heart. That's powerful, y'all. That's powerful. People just try to act like us, but it's not in their heart. And they trick us and they fool us. And we're like, how come they're not still in church? Because they acted like us. They were in the environment of the church. They only prayed when we prayed. They only wore their hair this way because we did. It's not really there. You don't know who you are until everyone's left you. And you're by yourself. And you're at home by yourself. And it's just you on your phone at night. That's who you really are. That's who you really are. You don't know who you are unless you're surrounded by ungodliness. That's who you really are. Yeah. God deliver us from environmental convictions and God deliver us from atmospheric faith. We have faith if someone's around us praying with us. We have faith if it's just two or three of us gathered around in a prayer meeting. We have faith only if we're surrounded by people who have faith. But God wants us to have faith. When nobody's there. God deliver us from popular opinions. 
Doesn't matter what the world thinks is right or wrong, we don't care. Listen to this one. You're not free when you make the Holy Ghost inside you give permission from the environment around you. You're not free when you quench the Spirit of God, when you feel God on the inside saying to do it, and then you look around and go, but will it fit my environment? Don't ever forget, our God is the atmosphere creator. Don't ever forget that our God goes into darkness and creates the light. Don't ever forget that our God can create an atmosphere to create a storm and to stop a storm. Our God is the one who creates the atmosphere. He does not bow to the wind. He commands the wind. Our God and the power inside of us does not give in to the environment. We create the environment. We make the environment. If it's dark, we won't get it. When we get there, there's a light there. Everybody can be afraid when we get there. Now there's faith there because the faith is not in this place. The faith is inside the people. It's inside of you, inside of me. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to have it inside of us. Help us, God. Help us to stop second-guessing you. Help us to stop asking if it's permitted to do it. Help us, God, to hear your voice and to know your word and to be obedient to you at all costs. It doesn't matter what I have to lose. I'm going to serve the Lord. In order to become truly free of our surroundings, we must become completely reliant upon God and God alone. We have to be willing to lose everything and tell ourselves we would still serve Him. When Aspen, a few years ago, hit his head on the gym floor and started to change colors, and they were about to lifelike him because he was barely responding, I took it very hard, being my son, being there. I was painting the gym, trying to serve. You know, it's funny how things happen when you're serving God, and you try to tell God, don't you know I was painting your wall? And you let my son get hurt while I was painting your wall? It's amazing how those thoughts go into your mind where you wonder where God was at when I was doing so good for you. And it took me a little bit the next few days. He was having problems with his vision. He would go blind for a few seconds at a time. It was very scary. The thoughts crossed your mind. What if my son stays blind forever? What's going to be the end game from all this? I don't know. And I remember fighting such fear in that time. I had to, I had to get free. I had a prayer meeting with some guys, not but a few days later. We were down here in the prayer room. And I felt like in my spirit I had to say something out loud to get free. And here's what, here's what the Lord I felt like I had to confess to be free of that fear. I had to tell that group of guys I was praying with. I, I said, guys, I feel like I have to tell you this. I had to say it out loud. I had to confess it for accountability. No matter what happens to my son, I will still serve God. And as I said that statement, I felt chains begin to fall off of me. And I said it again, I said, no matter, you hear that devil, no matter what happens to my son, I will still serve God. And as I began to declare it and began to speak it, I felt the fear begin to drop off of me. I began to be free of all that spirit of fear. Because I had made my mind up that I was not for sale. And you and I have got to make our minds up that there is no price we would not pay to serve God. You need to go ahead and make it your personal devotion that if my wife never did, I will. If my husband never did, I will. And everybody in my family left tomorrow, I will. No matter what happens, I'm serving God. You don't have to pray for me to pray. I'm going to pray. You don't have to be faithful. I will be faithful. I'm going to to God. It's personal. I think it's good for us to admit it and confess it what we are willing to give up. It reminds me of Abraham and Isaac whenever God saw that he was willing to give up his only son. He let him keep him. And I believe God will let us keep things if we'll be willing to give them up. I believe God will let us keep the things in our life. If we pray and say, God, you can have this. I'll still serve you. He might test you. He might test you. He may take you to the mountain and make you bind them and put the knife up in the air. He may still test you to see if you're real. But you've got to pass the test. That there is no other God before us. There is no other God greater than our Jehovah. There's no other God worthy. Not my son, not my spouse, not my job, not my money. There's nothing that's greater than my God. You can just make your mind up right now. I give it all up for God. 
Is that your spirit tonight? I give it all up. I give up everything for God. I give everything I like in this world up for God. I would give it all up for God. You better make your mind up right now. You better make your mind up and say, I would give everything up. I want to be completely reliant on you. The only way to make it, y'all, in the last days is to become completely reliant on Jesus. Go ahead and make your mind up. Because there's a good chance in the last days you're going to lose a whole lot more than you've already lost. Oh, you think it's bad now? A little inflation? We'll talk about recession? Y'all, they're just getting started. Global warming is real. The Bible told us it would be. It's called hell. The Bible tells us that the earth's going to burn with a great fire. I believe in global warming. And every day they tell you that the earth is getting hotter. You get your Bible out and say, it knew the truth a long time ago. We've we, we got signs all around us saying that we're going to be stripped down to where if you don't have a walk with God, you're going to make it in the last days. And tonight is your encouragement and your, your warning tonight that you are going to make it in Jesus' name. That you're going to get a walk with God so stirred and so strong. And you're going to walk with Jesus. You're going to be faithful to God. You're going to be there. You're going to be with Him. So everybody say on target. That's a funny word, isn't it? It's like... Uh, turkey. Uh, turkey. It's just like that. So I want to show you what this word is and what it means because this word embodies the definition of how we can make sure that we are free to worship when we lose everything else. When President Jefferson was in office, he declared an embargo on Great Britain for two years. Because of that embargo in those two years, not receiving any trade from Britain to America because of that decision to cut off trade from a foreign nation. Look what happened. In those two years, factories and production began to increase throughout the nation. America began to produce their own goods. Why? Because when you no longer need the outside, you're forced to develop the inside. That word is for someone tonight in this place. You know why you're always up and down and emotional all the time? Because you live off of the outside. And I can talk economics with you all day long. I love reading and studying about what's happening in our world, how we're, we're, we're basically all in bed together. And what that means is America needs China. And therefore, if they go begging for us to do something, we've got to do it because we're in debt with them. Because America has given themselves so deeply to other nations, right? Now we can't fight against them. We need them too bad. And anything that you need too bad, you can't get rid of. And the reason why we can't be free of stuff is because we rely on it to make it. Hey, there's only one way to do this. Cut them off. I said cut them off. But, but pastor, what happens when I cut them off? I will have a season of wilderness. What happens when I get cut off? You'll have a season of trusting God. So I say again, cut it out of your life. I say get rid of it all. I say have a season where there's nothing for you and Jesus. Because that's the only time in your life when you begin to build your own factories. You know why you have no prayer life? Because you don't need a prayer life. You're reaching for stuff all the time to take the place of God. You don't need that in a prayer life. But I will tell you right now, you get rid of all that Netflix. You get rid of all that stuff. You'll be so bored, you'll be praying. Amen. If y'all would just get rid of sin, you would pray. Because you wouldn't have anything else to do. I, I got another one for you. Y'all know Hitler, right? There's this guy named Hitler. He used to rock the stash back in the day. Little mini stash right here. Ugliest looking mustache ever. He almost conquered the entire world, y'all. Y'all know that? They teach history in school. Well, probably not. But I don't know if they teach it anymore these days. I mean, it's crazy. But, but Hitler, when I was in school, I learned about it. Uh, he almost conquered the entire world. But you know the first thing he did whenever he wanted to conquer the world? The very first thing he did. Well, he didn't go, he didn't go shoot somebody. 
He didn't get a tank and, and ship it over here and start shooting and ship it over places and start shooting people. He didn't start with what you thought he started with. Do you know what the first thing he did before we ever began to fight anybody? The first thing that Hitler did was he began to build his own factories. Because he knew, I can't need the other nations and fight against them. Y'all catch that? The only way to defeat the enemy, the only way to win the war, is to start building your own factories. To look inside your walk with God and make sure everything you need is already provided for so that no one can threaten you to take anything away. Some of y'all are so close to people that if they were to take something from you, you wouldn't be able to serve God anymore. You know why? Because you rely on their faith to go to heaven. And not your own. That's a dangerous way to live. And there's no way to have victory in that life. You cannot fight against the spirit that you rely on. You cannot fight against something that you need. You cannot fight against carnality if you're always around it, soaking it up. If you need the TV to go to sleep, then you can't get rid of it. The only way for us to become truly free is to cut off the resources of the world system and go through a season of wilderness where I have to walk by faith and not by sight and look to heaven and hope that the bread will fall, hope that the manna will come, and hope that my God will provide it. And unless you go through the wilderness, you will never know that God can be your all. You know what God keeps on doing for some of us? He keeps trying to get us back in that wilderness because we keep grabbing stuff in the wilderness. You know how we go to the wilderness? We pack a bag. We take Twinkies. We take a Game Boy. We get a solar RV. That's the way we go camping. And the reason why some of us have to stay in the wilderness is because we won't learn our lessons. That God's trying to detach us from the stuff that's going to keep us out of the promise. God's trying to detach us from the world. And the reason why you're going to keep going through that same old thing is because you're not getting the point. The point is to go through a season of having nothing. Because that's the only way you learn to trust God with the manna, with the heavenly bread that falls to sustain you, the quail, the water out of the rock. God wants to provide for us miraculously so that we survive tough times, so we have power to fight against the enemy in the land, in the territory. It's the only way to make it. And Hitler knew that before he could ever do anything to win against this world, he had to go factories for food, for clothing, for medication, as well as all his stores of bullets and guns and bombs and vehicles for war. Because with every factory he built, an import was canceled. You know, you want to know when something's getting ready to fight you? When they cut you off. When they no longer need you. Because that tells you right there, they've got another source. They're getting it from somewhere else. So go ahead and get ready. Because the first thing you do to get power and to have authority is you cut off all connections to outside sources. And you go inside. Eventually, everything Hitler needed to be powerful was in his own house. As for me and my As for me and my house, I don't need your houses. I don't need your houses. I've got everything I need in my house. Yeah. The world can no longer dictate and control heaven because we didn't have anything that he wanted. You see, you can't win a war. You can't war against the very thing you need to survive. It's impossible. The Holy Ghost, watch this, it does not get us out of the world. It empowers us to live without the world. The Holy Ghost is not about relocation. The Holy Ghost is about renovation. The Holy Ghost doesn't get us out of our problems. It gives us solutions in our problems. So you got the Holy Ghost and you still have your problems. The difference is now you have your power. And your power will help you get through your problems. God does not give you the Holy Ghost and take you out of your problem. Because now you've got everything you need in your house to deal with your problems. And to testify of Jesus. And to save this wicked world. God does not want to save us and get rid of us. God wants to save us so others can be saved. 
That's why God leaves you in your storm and gives you power to overcome it. Because there's people watching your storm that are going through a storm too. And they've never seen anybody get through a storm except for you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm almost done. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Ghost is the same spirit that caused Jesus to have peace in the storm. To be tempted yet without sin. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is not sin. It's a thought that's passing by. Don't grab it and stick it in your head. Temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted in all manners, in all manners, more than any of us. And yet he never gave in to it. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't move us out of temptation. It gives us power to overcome it. This Holy Ghost that Jesus had, that we have, it gives us the power to be holy, yet eat beside sinners. They're not going to get us, y'all. It gives us the power to touch lepers and never get sick. Yeah. To even go and pray alone without a prayer partner. So many times, like Jesus did, he went to the mountain by himself and he prayed. Yeah. Because the Holy Ghost gives you power to walk with God and there's nobody watching. There's nobody there. There's no music playing. There's no one encouraging. It's just personal. Watch this one. The crowd madly demanded for the death of Jesus. But on the third day, that same crowd could not stop him from coming out of the grave. They may can kill us, but they will never be able to keep us. They may can kill us, but they can't keep us down. They may can knock us down, but they can't keep us down. We have got the power to overcome everything the world throws at us. And while God may not stop them from killing us, He can stop them from keeping us. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, the Holy Ghost is speaking to us right now. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to know Jesus got up all by Himself. Somebody say, all by Himself. He got up all by himself. This is what the Lord gave me the other day. He, he saved others, but he himself, he cannot save. Yeah. Listen, listen to this. This is what the Lord gave me for you tonight. This is so powerful. They knew he raised Lazarus. They knew he had the power to help somebody else. But they had never known and never seen whether he could get up by himself. Yeah. The true power of Jesus it's not when you can resurrect somebody else and help them. But the true power of Jesus is when ain't nobody there to resurrect you. The true power of the cross is when ain't nobody there to rescue you except your father. He saved others. But can you save yourself? Yes, I can. I've got the power in me to get up out of the grave when nobody else helps me. I've got the power in me to get up out of this grave when nobody comes to me. I've got the power in me to get up out of this me. I've got Jesus' power. Thank you, Lord. I love the fact that we have rivers of living water in our bellies. In the last day, John 7, 37, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. I preached this recently. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Rivers. Everybody say rivers. He wants the rivers to come from the inside out, not the outside in. If you've got no other source in your life except God, You've got everything you need to make it through the wilderness and the storms of life. Don't let the devil lie to you. You don't need anything else to make it. You just need Jesus. You know the reason why you don't know that you just need Jesus? Because you've never just had Jesus. The reason why that sounds like a foreign statement is because you've never lived without anything. Whenever you choose to give up the world, you step into a wilderness and you said, but I don't drink anymore. But I don't smoke weed anymore. I don't watch that anymore. 
What do I do? Exactly, good question. What do you do when you give the world up? We look to Jesus. That's all I've got now. He's all I got now. If he don't feed me, I don't eat. If he don't give me drink, I don't drink. If he doesn't supply my every need, I won't make it. You see, I will, for the first time ever, I'm having to have him. It's amazing how you will learn about Jesus when you have to. And that's what the Bible says, repent. Turn to God. Because then the Holy Ghost will fill you. But repentance is the turning away from the world. And it is turning your back on everything you've relied on. All these years to get you through the night. But when you repent, you have nothing but, but Jesus. If you don't repent, you will never ever learn to rely on Jesus. If you use people to get you out of things all the time, you'll never learn to rely on Jesus. If you run to the doctor every time you feel a little something weird happen, you'll never learn to rely on Jesus. If you don't learn that he's all that you ever need, how will you make it in the last days when they take everything away? What does Revelation say that they're going to do to us one day if we're still here? They're going to make us get a mark of the beast. And if we don't take the mark of the beast, we won't be able to buy or sell. Which means we won't have anything. Well, I'll just go farm. Okay, good luck with that. We don't know how to do that. No, y'all. There's no way we can make it like that. Come on. Guaranteed, you would be out of the farm to, to last three months. And then you know your little grandkids would eat the rest of it. There's no way you could. Your friends and neighbors would come over. Y'all, if we, if we can't learn to live without anything right now, how do we make it when they take it all away? I don't want you comfortable. You know what? I want to be in judgment one day because I was easy on you. I'm going to be in judgment one day because I preached this soft message on you. And you're going to be standing before all kinds of hell one day in this world as it falls apart before our eyes. Like it's been doing, by the way. We've got to be stronger than that. You've got to be tested and challenged and pushed to your limit so that you can get to a place where you say, just Jesus. Just be, that's all I have to do. Thank God for that. Some of you tonight, you're going fast. You need to go on a fast. You can go a few days and don't eat. Feel what it's like. Turn off your phone. Turn off your social media. And feel what it's like to be dead. Because in that moment of death, you will find a greater walk with Jesus. You will have to have him in prayer. You will have to have him. Your money won't rescue you. Your TV won't rescue you. Your drugs won't rescue you. When you strip it all away, guess what's left? Just a walk with Jesus. And everybody that I know that's done that has come out of the wilderness stronger and greater with more authority and power than when they went in. And that is the will of God in the wilderness not to destroy you, but to destroy your flesh. Let's all stand tonight. Can we lift our hands just for a moment tonight? Thank you, Jesus, for the word. Thank you, God. I want to encourage someone to tell you we will make it in the last days. We will make it through everything we're facing. We will make it, but we won't make it holding on to the world. We will not survive all the world. I've come to encourage someone to tell you that your blessing is coming behind leaving it. Your blessing is coming after you disconnect from it. Your blessing is going to come when you're able to get rid of it. Come on, Abraham. Lift up the knife tonight and be willing to cut ties with anything in this world. Because if you can learn to kill it, God can give it to you. If you can be willing to lose it, God will let you manage it. He'll never let you have stuff if you're not willing to let go of it. In the name of Jesus, we're going to make it through the financial turmoil because our money is not our money. We're going to make it because of jobs, because our job is not our job. I'll give up my job for Jesus. That's why we will make it in the last days, because we are willing to destroy the thing that can get in the way of what God has for our futures. I thank you, God, for the word. I thank you, God, for talking to us. I thank you, Jesus, for your grace and mercies. In the name of the Lord.
I don't want the world. I don't want the world. Come on, we're comfortable. Church of Laodicea. We've got everything. We don't realize we're really naked. We're really broken. Church of Laodicea. We've got too much. We've got too much. We've got too much food. We've got too much money. We've got too many toys. We've got too much. Give them up tonight so that you can be free. God, I pray right now for true Bible freedom. I pray tonight for true freedom in the Holy Ghost. Freedom to live the right way without everybody around us pulling us down. I refuse to be a hostage to my environment. I'm going to serve you no matter what anybody else does. I'm going to serve you no matter what I lose. I'm going to serve you no matter what happens. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm going to be right with you. No matter what anybody does in my life or my family, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. You're good to us, Lord. Thank you for the word tonight. Thank you, God, for getting us ready for heaven. Thank you, God, for getting us ready for the end times. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, everything we have is yours. Everything we have belongs to you anyway. I don't have to have anything in the world. I've got a wellspring of living water inside of my spirit. I've got a power and joy that comes from God inside of my spirit. I've got a prayer life that no man gave and no man can take away. I've got a Bible that I'm studying from in my heart that I might not sin against me. Jesus, I don't have to have them to serve you. I'm going to serve you no matter what, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I feel like in the Holy Ghost, there's someone tonight that you need to do some commitments and not tell anybody about it so that you can prove to God it's private. They may find out that's fine, but you're not going to try to spread it. You need to go on a commitment and just do it and don't even try to let anybody find out about it. Do it between you and God. Don't get any credit for it. Don't get any kind of uh, a light shining on you for it. Just say, you know what? I'm going to live a life of dedication. I'm going to get rid of some things. Not for me to get any kind of pat on the back, but between me and you, God. You need to set times to pray, but no one sees you. You need to have times when you do right, but no one knows. You know why? Because you get approved. I don't need anything. I don't need this world. I don't need anything in return. You need to prove that you can sacrifice. You can fast. Y'all, we're getting ready for the end times. You think that the heat's turned up? Not yet. Not yet. It's a slow boil right now. And God wants me to get you ready. And as long as we come to this church, this, we're going to fight for this. This is not the comfortable church to go to. This is not the, let's have a couple songs and be pretty. This is not the pretty church, all right? This is, the, this is the church here tonight. We're trying to be like the church that's persecution ready. We're trying to be like the first church that they gave their lives for Jesus. That's the church we are tonight. I don't say things like we're the originals to, to just be funny. I'm talking about we, we would die for him. We would die for him. Would you die for him? Right now.
that God's presence is in this place reaching for somebody. I felt the war going on in the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, I just felt the war in the Holy Ghost tonight. I just felt the war of darkness trying to come up against us. But we will be victorious in Jesus' name.